Hi everyone, welcome to your San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Anti-Asian hate has been on the rise since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, and that includes here in San Diego County. We'll talk to reporter Christina Davis about that. Then, more than 3,400 lives have been lost to COVID-19 in the region. Cartoonist Steve Breen memorialized each victim in a thoughtful full-page artwork for Sunday. First, the news. San Diego County's recent decision to allow anyone considered overweight rather than obese to get vaccinated has made thousands more people eligible for the vaccine. Data from the County Health Department estimate that about 1.2 million people countywide have a BMI over 25. That means 169 pounds or more for a man of average height, or about 5 feet 9 inches, and 145 pounds for a woman measuring the average 5 foot 4. It's hard to know how many new people qualify under the new rule or how many of those were already eligible for the vaccine for another reason. Nursing homes have been hit hard by COVID-19 over the past year, but thanks to the vaccine, rates have mostly stabilized. Some facilities recorded hundreds of cases among residents and staff, including the county's two largest facilities. Both the Shores Post-Acute in San Diego County and Country Hills Post-Acute in El Cajon have 305 beds and both had more than 200 residents and 100 staff members test positive in the past year. Since staff and residents who wanted the vaccine have been fully vaccinated, the rate of new cases is no longer rising as it did throughout the winter. A magnitude 3.1 earthquake occurred 10 miles east-southeast of Julian at 11.24 a.m. on Friday, causing light shaking across inland San Diego County. The U.S. Geological Survey said the quake began 6.7 miles beneath the Earth's surface and appears to have originated along the Elsinore Fault System. Quakes in the 3.1 range are common in Southern California and typically do not lead to much larger events. Anti-Asian hate has been on the rise since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. Asians have been shoved, spit on, harassed, and worse. Stop AAPI Hate has logged more than 3,800 incidents nationwide since the beginning of the pandemic, and California has tallied the most of any state, including 42 in San Diego County. And then on Tuesday, a gunman in Atlanta killed eight people, six of them Asian women, heightening fear in the AAPI community. Christina Davis covers federal courts and criminal justice at the UT. So Christina, this is a national problem, a global problem that we've seen get worse over the past year. Uh, What has happened here in San Diego locally? Officially, and this is talking about official reports, um, you know, there aren't a whole lot when you look at some of the more egregious examples that we've been seeing headlines across the country. Um, I know the Bay Area and New York, which do have um, some pretty large um, Asian uh, populations. I know it it really does seem like they've been really getting the brunt of it as far as the violence that we've been seeing. Um, But yeah, San Diego definitely hasn't been immune to it. Um, One of the the incidents in San Diego that happened that really got people's attention um, happened about a a month or so ago. It was um, a a grandmother riding the trolley um, headed downtown and um, a guy just kind of out of nowhere uh, punched her. Um, I don't think anything was said uh, about, uh, you know, whether it was racially motivated or not. Um, 
so, uh, you know, in the end, it did not get classified as a hate crime. Um, but that, that was definitely something that as all of these other things are going on across the country, you know, and then that happens in our backyard, um, it definitely raises the question um, of whether that was, uh, you know, related to all of the, the anti-Asian hate that we've been seeing related to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. How, how are hate crimes defined? So, you know, if an act of violence is done towards an Asian person, uh, how is it decided whether it's racially motivated or not? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a little squishy um, and it's always on a case by case basis. The, the prosecutors and investigators who are looking at, at these um, incidents. Um, so basically, A, it has to be a crime, right? Um, there's, there's several uh, things that happen that are, that are hate incidents, you know, someone yelling a slur at, you know, at you across the street or something like that, you know, that's, that's not a crime. Um, so, so it does have to be a crime, you know, some kind of like a vandalism, a property damage, an assault, uh, you know, a, a murder, you know, something like that. Um, so that criminal element does need to be there. And then what they do is, is they, they try to take as much evidence as possible um, to show that, that crime was motivated and, and that and it was motivated more than just trivially um, by some kind of a bias. Um, and in California, we have some of the strongest hate crimes laws on the books in the country. Um, and so they are pretty specific about what those biases have to be um, in regarding to. So, so race, ethnicity, national origin, um, gender, uh, there's a few others, but it, it's it's kind of along those specific lines. Um, so a lot of times what they'll look at to see if it's going to be, uh, if, if it's if it's able to be classified as a hate crime, you know, um, legally, they'll look at, you know, are there written statements uh, of the person saying, you know, what they're motivated by? Um, a lot of times um, people will, uh, the, the perpetrator will say something, um, a racial slur or something like that as they're committing the crime or right before or after. Um, so a lot of that stuff is, is uh, that's the common evidence that they'll use um, to see if it was a, a hate crime or not. And then a lot of times too, um, it's really helpful when they can go back on a perpetrator's uh, record. So maybe there's past law enforcement um, contacts or maybe they can scroll through their social media um, and, and kind of see uh, a history of maybe, you know, racial or misogynist or something like that, um, uh, behavior that could kind of help clarify uh, what happened um, in that particular crime. That can all be used as, as evidence. Your story mentioned uh, some of the history of anti-Asian racism in the U.S. You know, of course, instances have spiked in the last year, but it's not completely new to this country. Uh, what stands out to you about that? Right. I mean, there's a lot of attention being being placed right now on what's happening and, and definitely what's happening is, um, you know, at this generation has never really been through a pandemic before. Right. So this was new to all of us. Um, but, yeah, like people point out, like, look, uh, Asians, um, especially Chinese, have been um, discriminated against uh, for a really long time, and especially in California. Um, a lot of uh, Chinese immigrants really started coming here during the gold rush. Um, so they're kind of through the West. Um, many settled in the Bay Area. Um, and then of course, um, Chinese labor was used um, and it was exploited uh, for sure, um, building the railroads in the West. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of immigrants settled here. 
Um, but yeah, it, it seems like the, the Chinese immigrants have always been like the scapegoat and punching bag kind of, you know, whatever ills are facing the, the U.S. At, at, at that given time, um, you know, it's, it's blame it on on them. Um, and you can see that in a lot of the laws uh, that that California passed and rulings um, in California courts, uh, basically that like flat out say the Chinese are inferior um, and we don't want them to be our citizens and, and they're not going to have the same rights um, as whites and things like that. So, you, I mean, there is there is such a long record of this that's just very, very blatant. Um, and then there was the national uh, the, the Chinese Exclusion Act in uh, 1882, um, which uh, outright banned Chinese immigration to the US for 10 years. Um, and then there were kind of similar laws. It was kind of expanded after that and similar laws and restrictions um, against Chinese immigrants, um, you know, for the next like 50 years or so um, until World War II. And that was, I think the only uh, immigration law that like specifically singled out uh, you know, a, a specific race or ethnicity saying, you know, the, these people cannot come here. Yeah, definitely an un- unfortunate history there. Um, locally, what has the response been from politicians, residents, uh, anyone? I mean, I, I, I think in San Diego, the, the response has been um, positive. Um, we really started seeing this uptick a year ago, uh, you know, March, um, when uh when the pandemic was just beginning um, and a lot of attention was on China, especially um, in that regard. Um, and uh, a lot of public officials, uh, I think the mayor's office, they all, they, they put out statements um, and everything condemning um, any kind of racism or hate against Asians. Um, and a lot of that kind of died down uh, as far as the, the hate crimes or that we were seeing because a lot of people, we were in lockdown. We just weren't interacting with um, our fellow citizens very much going to the grocery store, you know, as much and going to parks and stuff. Um, but then as we see now, as a lot of those lockdowns have been lifted, um, I think that the, the surge, um, in some of these hate incidents and hate crimes, um, has come and, and that's what we're seeing right now. And it's, uh, you know, forcing everyone to, to, to recognize this again and to, to denounce it. Okay. Christina Davis covers federal courts and criminal justice at the UT. Christina, thanks so much. Thank you. Let's turn to opinion. Steve Breen is the editorial cartoonist, and this week he had the difficult job of memorializing 3,470 San Diegans who we've lost to COVID-19. So Steve, you've tackled a bunch of different and difficult subjects in the past. I know this is not exactly new to you, but when you do have a difficult subject to approach, uh, how do you go about it? Well, it's it's a lot of thought has to go into something that is serious and delicate. And, and, and this certainly falls into that category. And it also helps to have a good team around you, you know, good a good editor and, and good coworkers that you can bounce things off of, you know? Um, so yeah, this, this year has been, been tough because I'm a cartoonist and we generally use a lot of humor, but I've really had to pare the humor back this year. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have a more humorous, uh, year going forward. But I mean, how did you come up with the, the idea that you settled on and what, you know, what were some, some iterations as that you mold over? So, we wanted to uh, use the, the hashtags, the tally marks, uh, 
uh, in a different way. Uh, we didn't really want to spell out a word because we weren't sure what word we would find that was fitting. Um, and at first uh, I came up with uh, maybe a, a bouquet of flowers or a candle was kind of our number two. But then we settled on a, um, a sunset behind a Torrey Pines tree, which kind of just kind of, it, it, the tone seemed to be right. And plus it had a San Diego flavor. Um, but but it took it took a while and it kind of took a team effort bouncing ideas off of people to get to that. It's a, it's a really beautiful image. It's it's reflective. It's pretty clear because of the hash marks. You know uh, what it's about. I think you came up with a really tasteful way to do it. Um, Thank and you. It, and just finally, you know, because we have been living under these conditions for a year, um, you know, we asked our readers a couple weeks ago. You know, what have you learned in this year of living in a pandemic? And so I want to ask that of you, uh, you know, just how have you been hanging in there and what are some takeaways for you? Um, I've been reminded uh, how, uh, I guess, adaptable and resilient people are uh, because this is a big deal, a pandemic. I mean, this is something that it's kind of in history books and science fiction. I mean, we, I never really thought I'd have to live through a pandemic. Um, but uh, it's amazing what you can do if you have to do it, you know? And I guess, I guess I think of work, you know? None of us really thought that we could do our jobs completely from home, but you know, you're confronted with a, a situation where you have to, and and you could do it, you know. And we're and we're lucky to, to be able to do it, you know. Not not everyone has a job where they can work at home, but um, you know, we can live without going to movie theaters, and we can live without going to bars. It's it's not fun or easy, but you know, if you have to do it, you can do it. Steve Breen, editorial cartoonist at the UT. Thanks so much. Thanks, Christy. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. I'm your host, Christy Totten, and we'll be back Monday.